The grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider today is the second portion of this past Sunday, Pentecost Sunday's epistle reading from Acts chapter 2. We're looking at verses 5 through 13. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. My dear friends, to whom the Holy Spirit is coming. When God originally called Abraham to be the father of his chosen people, it was God's plan to get him away from his family and friends and their idol worship and get them into a new land where they would be separate from that idol worship and would be able to worship the, the true God. But then it's also true that God put Abraham there as a place for his family to grow into a, a great nation and for that great nation to be a blessing to the world. God told Abraham, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And through those words, he was saying that one of Abraham's descendants would be the promised Savior, would be the one who would pay for the sins of the world. It was also God's plan for the Israelites to be in the land of Israel because it was a major crossroads location. And what that meant is that people who were traveling in the world, in the Mediterranean world back in those days, if, if they were traveling most anywhere, it was kind of a likely thing that they would be traveling through Palestine. And because they were traveling through Palestine, well, it was God's plan that when they traveled through, well, perhaps they would learn about Israel's God, about the Lord, about the Lord, and then the Holy Spirit would have an opportunity to work on their hearts, make them into believing children of God, and then when they went back to their home location, that they would, they would share that message with their family and friends. Well, back in Old Testament times, in 
the time before Christ, it seems as if God's message to the Israelites was, was largely a message of stay home and be a witness. But then with Christ's departure, with his ascension into heaven, what Jesus said is, go and make disciples of all nations by baptizing and teaching. And he also said, go into the world, into all the world and preach the gospel. On Pentecost, Jews from all over the world would come to Jerusalem, well, dedicated Jews would, for one of the three harvest festivals and they would come to thank God for the blessings that God had given to them. And our Lord knew that and he was going to use that. The fact that here these Jews from all over the world were coming to Jerusalem, he was going to use that to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He was going to use that to do a, a mass evangelism effort. Imagine what it was like for those Jews who came to Jerusalem at that time though. They were probably planning on just a regular old routine visit. They were going to come and they were going to offer, well it says they're the first fruits of the wheat harvest offering to God. Maybe while they were there, they'd visit some family and friends. Maybe they'd tour around a little bit and see things around the temple, things like that. And, and then basically after their routine visit, they'd end up returning home. But this was not a routine visit. Instead, what happened is they found these men that there was no way they would expect them to be bilingual. And yet they found them speaking perfectly in the language of their adopted homes, their home away from home. And now the disciples' message, as I said, it wasn't exactly quoted here, but, but Luke says, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. And this did confuse those people when it says that they heard them declaring the wonders of God. That basically means that the message that they heard would have centered around all oh, the promise that was made to Adam and Eve back in the Garden of Eden, that first gospel promise that said that one day the the seed of the woman, Jesus, would come to defeat the serpent, that's Satan, and crush his head. And that's just talking about how the promised one would come and pay for the sins of the world and open the gates to heaven for us. Well, Luke says, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And it's, it's obvious that what they needed was the sermon that the Apostle Peter was about to preach, which we'll hear about tomorrow. But they needed to hear that so that the Holy Spirit could work on their hearts so that they could understand what does this mean. But through what they heard, through the disciples declaring the wonders of God, through Peter's message, 
What happened is that the Holy Spirit was working to make unbelievers into believing children of God and to take people who believed in the promises of God and enable them to see that Jesus was the promised one, that he was that seed of the woman that would crush Satan's head and win for us salvation. Tragically, Luke also notes, some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. They made fun of this miracle of the Holy Spirit, claiming that those disciples were, were drunk. And that drunkenness charge against them was something that was, was so foolish, so ridiculous, because, well, I've studied Latin, German, Hebrew and Greek, and speaking in any different language is something that is difficult even when your mind is perfectly clear, when it's perfectly clear. Since the Holy Spirit was enabling them to speak these different languages at that particular time, their speech it probably wasn't broken language. It wasn't a slurring speech. It, it probably was a perfect speaking in those different language. But the reaction of those people saying that they were drunk, that reaction was plain and simple unbelief. Plain and simple unbelief. Something so obvious. How could they have been drunk when they were speaking those languages perfectly like that? They were rejecting the plain truth that was right in front of them. And doesn't that make you just want to say, thank you, God, for sending me your Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending me the Holy Spirit who's worked through your word and through baptism to call me to faith, to make me a believing child of God, to help me to see those things that would be so totally unclear and impossible to see without faith. Thank you for enabling me to see those things and, and thank you for, for keeping on sending that Holy Spirit to me through the word and through, well, the Lord's Supper to keep on building me up and strengthening in me in my faith so that I can see those wonderful truths of Scripture. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit who's working always to keep me in the faith. Without the Holy Spirit, everything that Jesus has done, it's only going to look like foolishness to the person who is an, an unbeliever. But with the Holy Spirit, it's all the wisdom of God. It's our way through this sinful, sin-filled life and to our eternal life in heaven. And so we say, thank you God for sending the Holy Spirit 2,000 years ago to your disciples. Thank you for keeping on sending that Holy Spirit to me also so that I'm 
a believing child of God and an heir of heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for revealing to us what is so obvious to us now that Jesus is the Savior. He is the way to heaven. Something that is so obvious to us but not obvious to unbelief. Instead, to unbelief, to unbelievers, it appears foolishness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for working on our hearts and for keeping on working on our hearts through word and sacrament so that we can always see Jesus as our Savior, our way through this life, our strength in this life, our, our way to eternal life. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you always, amen.